0: You're listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim. To find out more, go to calvaryanaheim.org. And now, here's Pastor James.
1: Let's go on to verse 6 now. It says, So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. So, you know, he's totally stoked. This is a bumper crop. We've harvested it. We've worked all day, and I have a heap of grain. And so now I'm celebrating, I'm eating with people, I'm drinking, and now it's time to just lay down content on the threshing floor on top of his pile of grain. Now, this isn't like, you know, the the dragon smog and his lair, you know, hoarding his thing. But remember, this is the time of the judges. And this is when the Moabites and other people would come in and actually steal their grain after they did all the hard work. So he's laying there most likely to protect it. So he lies down here on his heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Now imagine how nervous she would have been. Man, she prettied herself up. She has no idea if he's going to reject her or accept her, and she is, knows that she is basically saying, hey, I humbly ask you to take me as your wife. <laughs> and, uh, and then she just lays there. I doubt that she slept a wink. And then it says in verse 8, now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself. You know, if he was there protecting the grain, and then something happened, he heard a noise or whatever, his feet got cold suddenly, (laughs) you know, I don't know, he gets startled. Oh, what's going on? You know, is someone going to take my grain or what? And then he he turns himself, and and there a woman was lying at his feet. Well, what's going on here? There's a woman at my feet in verse 9. And he said, who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. And as he's rubbing the sleep from his eyes, she says, take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Oh man, she wants me to marry her. (laughs) Whoa. Now this take your maidservant under your wing can also be translated, spread the corner of your garment over me and it's very clear in in, for the hebrew people this would be hey do your duty as the kinsman redeemer take me as your wife and take me under your protection and so gosh when we think of this there's some cool scriptures on this exodus uh, 1914 we think of god as the kinsman redeemer for israel and Jesus Christ, our kinsman redeemer. But in Exodus 19, 4, it says, you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. And then in Luke chapter 13, verse 34, it says, O Jerusalem, this was Jesus coming into Jerusalem, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto you. How often would I have gathered your your children together as a hen does gather her brood under her wings? And you would not. You would not. And so here we have some scripture references that speak of the wings and what it meant here for uh, Ruth to be gathered under the wings of Boaz, under his protection and his care. His care just as a reminder, that kinsman redeemer was to be the redeemer of the land or from slavery. If, if somebody fell into hard times, had to sell themselves as a slave. The kinsman redeemer, the close relative, would come in and buy them back, redeem them out of slavery, out of debt. The kinsman redeemer or the goel was to be the avenger of blood. If someone murdered your relative, it was your duty to go and avenge the murderer of blood. Uh, It was the kinsman redeemer's duty to continue the family name of a deceased relative, which was what we see happening here through marriage. And so Boaz would know exactly what Ruth was communicating here, that she's saying, Boaz, you're the kinsman redeemer, and I am asking you to step up. And be our Redeemer. You have the resources. You have the ability. Take me as your wife. Take care of my mother in law, Naomi. Redeem the land and help us out in our poverty. And so, how is he going to respond? Dun, dun, dun. Verse 10. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. You see Boaz, you see his reaction to the whole thing? He's also very humbled by this gesture. He's very happy and excited, you know, but he didn't think that he was desirable. We don't know, you know, I don't know if he was a good-looking guy or not, but apparently there was a big age, you know, difference, and he's saying, man, I can't believe you're choosing me, that you would be willing to go be with me, and here she is proposing, and there is definitely a sense of excitement here (laughs) as he speaks to her. This is a great attitude that Boaz has towards Ruth, and it's a great attitude that we should have towards one another in fact in Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 it says let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself and this is the attitude we see in Boaz Boaz is prioritizing the Lord's will in their relationship question for us what should be the priority in our relationships what should be the you know coming back to kind of the dating and the courtship thing and i know it doesn't apply to many of you you're like i'm married and i'm glad that's over (laughs) you know but people are going to come to you for advice and who knows maybe you are in that situation right now and so it's important to prioritize right godliness a godly character Look for a godly man. Look for a godly woman. It's more important than the outward handsomeness or outward beauty. This is what will make for the kind of partnership that God has designed between a man and a woman, to be a witness to the world, to co-labor together in being a light to the world. And it makes for a very wonderful, uh, deep, godly relationship that lasts. All right, let's take a look at verse 11 here. It says, and now my daughter, this is Boaz continuing to speak, do not fear. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fear in the middle of the night as you came and you stepped out in faith and you just did what Naomi said to do. Don't fear. Don't be afraid that I'll reject you. I will do for you all that you request for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Notice that she has already made a reputation for herself, and that is it is a positive reputation. The people know about her. What do the people know about you? What do the people know about me? What is our reputation like? Do we have a, a reputation of being virtuous people? The Lord would desire for us to be ambassadors for him, to reflect him, to reflect his light, right? Jesus You know, Jesus said, Let your light shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We're to be like the moon, reflecting the light of the sun, S O N. (laughs) As the light of the sun shines on us, we reflect it back out to the world. And this is what Ruth is doing as she has this godly reputation in the town because of her good works first timothy chapter 3 verse 7 it says moreover speaking of uh elders in the church the criteria for being an elder in the church it says moreover he must have a good testimony or reputation among those who are outside lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil and so let's seek to be ambassadors of christ and represent him properly. Amen? Verse 12. Now, it is true. Now, this is, uh, Boaz is continuing to speak to Ruth, and he says, now it is true that I am a close relative. Hey, I am a kinsman. I am a kinsman. I acknowledge it. However, there is a relative closer than I. And Ruth's heart just went boom. (laughs) It just hit the ground, right? Oh, you're kidding me what is that guy like? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so he says in verse 13, stay this night and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good. What? Let him do it. What? What is Boaz doing here? He's following the word of God. He's following the procedures and the policies. <laughs> He's saying... Yes, I want to do this. Believe me, I want to do this. But there's something else we got to consider here. (laughs) There is a closer relative who has the first right, and we need to run it by that person first. And this is also very admirable of Boaz because he's setting aside his own way, his own desire, and he's going, God, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to trust you that you're going to work this out. I'm just going to follow you. And you have a plan here. And so he's putting his trust in the Lord with the situation. But he says, But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. <laughs> Lie down until morning. He didn't say sleep because I think he knew she wouldn't. And he probably didn't do much sleeping either as he was thinking this through his mind. How am I going to work this out? Perhaps he began to pray. <laughs> God, how is this going to work? I hope this guy, and he's thinking about the guy, and how is he going to approach the situation You know, with this other closer relative? And so we're going to see what happens here as we continue on. So um, Can you relate to that? Can you relate to Boaz here? When you want something really bad, and sometimes our temptation is to get anxious that we're not going to get it, and so we try to work it out ourselves and make it happen. But God says, hey, just be still, just rest. Receive the peace of God, and let God work it out. Commit it to Him. Give it to Him. Let Him work it out and he does. He does. He loves us. We're his kids. He works it out. Verse 14, Ruth 3, 14, so she lay at his feet until morning, and she arose before one could recognize another. Then he said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. He's protecting her reputation, what kind of woman dresses up real nice and goes walking at night to the threshing floor. And also, he wants to communicate with this nearest of kin in his way before, you know, this rumor gets out about Ruth and Boaz and the, the nearer kinsman might get upset. He's just being wise and avoiding what may break out here. And so verse 15, it says, also he said, bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs, of barley. Now, you notice that this wor- the word ephos here is inserted. Uh, that means that the translators just put e- presumed it was an ephah and put it in there. But this would be five gallons times six. We're talking about 30 gallons worth of barley. It's doubtful she could carry this much. Uh, so um, other translations would say measures, six measures of barley, and laid it on her. man. Isn't this what God does for us as our Boaz, as our kinsman redeemer? He just lays on the blessings, man. (laughs) You know, and sometimes we feel like it's running thin and all that, and she went through thin times too and difficult times, and we go through them. But then God opens the windows in heaven, and he pours out blessings on us. And if we had hearts to receive it, oh, how he would just you know, my dad used to talk, and I think I got it from Marvin, how God wants to just back up a big dump truck of blessings <laughs> right up to us, and then and <laughs> the blessings pour out, you know, and it it's, you know, sometimes it's material, and we go, wow, what a great, what a great answer to prayer, this new house God provided, you know, this new situation, or this raise at work, uh, whatever it be, you know, that's material, Or maybe it's just fruitfulness in ministry. And you've been hitting the park and sharing with people and getting no fruit. And then one day, that person says the prayer with you and gets saved, and you're just like, yeah, you know? Blessings from God, blessings from the Lord. And then it says, she went into the city. Verse 16, when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, is that you, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, these six ephahs, or measures of barley, he gave me. For he said to me, do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. You see his care and his provision. He's just proving once again that he's a great catch. Verse 18, then she said, this is Naomi speaking now, sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Guys, this is the word of God to you and to me. Sit still. Sit still. And my daughter, reminder of who you are in Christ, ladies. You're his daughter. Men, just put the word son in there. (laughs) Sit still my son, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out for the man. Who's the man? <laughs> He's the man, right? Some people call him the man upstairs. Okay, I'll take it. The man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Look at Exodus fourteen thirteen. This is when Moses is at the Red Sea, the children of Israel are trapped. They've got the Egyptians behind them wanting to wipe them out. They've got mountains on either side, and they've got a, an ocean in front of them. And they're complaining, and like we're all going to die. And then Exodus 14, 13, it says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he, he, will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more, forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And so here we apply this to the personal situation of Ruth wondering what is going to happen next. Am I going to end up with someone other than Boaz, or am I going to end up with Boaz? This is like a pivotal moment in my life. And Naomi's encouraging her, and we can be encouraged in our situation where we're wondering, what's next? What's going to happen with me? You know, those Ukrainians, and we could be praying for the Christian Ukrainians especially, but all of them, imagine what they're feeling right now as they're, they're digging bomb shelters for themselves, knowing that there's a superior army that is breathing down their throats, and they're planning long-term, like how, can, how are we going to uh, oppose an occupying force in our country, you know? And so we could be praying for them They're in that situation where they're looking to God and going, God, the battle belongs to you, help us. And it might be a while before we start hearing stories, but we will hear them of miracles that God did with the missionary that was there, With the Christian person that was in this circumstance or that circumstance, and God did miracles because that's what God does. Guys, He takes care of His kids. Praise the Lord. And so it is with our own personal situations. Be still. Be still. God won't rest until the matter is settled. So, to review some of our some of our big applications in this message. Number one, apply understanding manners, of manners and customs of the Jewish culture to your understanding and appreciation of the Bible. It's a good study practice, and it will enrich your biblical experience. Number two, courtship. Get to know a potential spouse in group settings. Look for godly character. Number three, humbly esteem others as better than yourself especially your spouse. He or she is the better half. Number four, you're an ambassador of Christ. Guard your reputation and and that of others, that of others. Don't mar the reputation of others, but be gracious. And lastly, surrender your desires to God's will and timing. Seek him first. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the message tonight, the lessons to be learned from this beautiful chapter. And really, I only scratched the surface. There's so much to glean from this wonderful book of Ruth. We pray that we continue studying it our whole lives and learn new things and more and more each time. Lord, we thank you that you are our kinsman redeemer. You are our Boaz, our rescuer from slavery, from debt, Lord, we were spiritually impoverished, but God, you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to rescue us from that spiritual state of emptiness that we may walk away full. And we, like Ruth, say to you, I do. I am with you. Where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your people will be my people. Your God will my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you've cleansed us of all of our sins, Lord. And we just rejoice and we walk away from here glad, Lord, rejoicing. Bless each one here, Lord. Give them a great rest of their evening and a great day tomorrow. And in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.
0: You've been listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Chapel Anaheim in Anaheim, California. We encourage you to stick around until the end of the program as Pastor James will be back with a few closing thoughts. Now, if you're in the area, we would love for you to visit. Check out calvaryanaheim.org for location, service times, and more. We'd love to hear from you. To let us know how God has touched your life through this program, or to submit a prayer request, simply go to calvaryanaheim.org and scroll down to the Get In Touch form at the bottom of the homepage. Now, here is Pastor James with some closing thoughts.
1: Hey, this is Pastor James. In this story of Ruth and Naomi, we see two women who are widowed and impoverished, but are being rescued by their goel or kinsman redeemer, who will stop at nothing until the matter is settled. Well, we too are in a desperate situation in need of a rescuer or kinsman redeemer. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It goes on to say, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so we see that we are in a spiritually desperate situation, falling short of God's perfection and glory and unable to be in his presence in heaven. But God sent a kinsman redeemer for you and for me in the person of Jesus Christ, It says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So he came as our our kinsman redeemer to rescue us from spiritual slavery, debt and impoverishment, even from our own punishment that we deserve. And all we need to do is believe and receive. In fact, John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Will you say this prayer with me right now to receive Christ as your Savior? Dear Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and have violated God's commands, falling short of heaven. But I believe you are the Son of God sent to this world to die for my sins. Thank you for doing that for me. I believe you rose from the dead and have gone to heaven, and I want to be with you there one day. Please forgive me of my sins. I welcome you into my life as my Savior and my Lord. Amen. If you said that prayer and you meant it in your heart today, then all the angels rejoice when one sinner comes to repentance, and they are rejoicing with you now. And we rejoice with you now, too please check us out at calvaryanahum.org and send us a note letting us know that you've received Christ as your Savior. Hey, thanks for listening and have a great day in the Lord.
0: Thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen again next time for another edition of Word and Spirit with Pastor James Bovee. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Anaheim.